I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions on Bloomberg Quint, and I'm Alex Matthew. If you're an equity investor, things are looking good right now. The equity benchmarks are hovering near record highs, and there are signs, early signs perhaps, that the broader markets could be heading higher as well. In conversations we've had on this podcast series, we've talked about the how and why of investing. We've stressed that you need to set your financial goals, identify how much you need to save, and then think of where you need to invest. Today, we're assuming you've done all of that and are now considering investing in equity. We're also assuming that you're not looking to invest in stocks directly. So, we're talking about equity mutual fund schemes. To know which equity mutual fund schemes you need to consider, you should first know the various types available to you. My guest today is going to take you through all of these, their use cases, and also his top picks in each of them. I'm joined by Gautam Kalia, the Head of Investment Solutions at Sher Khan. Thank you so much for joining me today, Gautam. Thank you, Alex. Now, before we get started on the types of equity mutual fund schemes, Gautam, let's talk about why you need equity mutual fund schemes in the first place. We've spoken about this before, but I think it bears repeating. You don't buy equity mutual fund schemes for short-term objectives, right? That's absolutely correct, Alex. Uh, we recommend at least a three to five year minimum investment time horizon before uh, looking to invest in any equity mutual fund. Mm. Uh, most people, uh, you know, they look at open-ended funds and they say, okay, I can withdraw the money anytime. But they need to keep in mind that the volatility, uh, you know, is not really your friend. And uh, the best way to beat volatility is uh, increase your investment time horizon. Mm. And uh, that's why we uh, suggest at least three to five years uh, minimum. You know, one of the popular sayings in the equity markets is that 80% of your gains come in 20% of the time. And perhaps that's one illustration as to why you should essentially hold for the long term. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, uh, if you see recent market uh, movements, uh, the returns have uh, started coming in even shorter periods of time. Right. So it becomes even more important uh, to stay invested because you never know when that next rally is going to uh, give you the next 20-30% returns in a matter of a week or two. Are you also a proponent, uh, speaking very broadly here, of saying that if the market falls dramatically, and when I'm saying markets, I'm talking about, of course, the benchmarks and now in this instance, broader markets, that is an opportunity to buy more? Uh, yes, uh, I think uh, every time the market falls, it is an opportunity. But again, you know, we come back to the point uh, of the topic today is where are you invested and where are you investing? Because right. market uh, falling could have little to no impact on your portfolio depending on where you've invested. Which is the perfect opportunity to segue into the conversation that we're meant to have today. And we're talking about the broad classification because in order to understand where to invest, Gotham, we need to understand the various options available. So what are the various options? And I think that SEBI, which is the market regulator, has done quite a good job in classifying these, right? Yes, absolutely. So SEBI uh, in October 2017 uh, basically uh, made it extremely clear 
for the industry telling us how to classify uh, different uh, equity mutual fund schemes actually they uh, gave a classification for across mutual fund schemes yes uh, and it made it extremely clear and precise for all of us uh, and that is something that now reflects mostly in the names as well of mm. all the funds so mm. uh, as a first time investor or a new investor it is fairly easy to determine where uh, where you are uh, putting your money you know so if you are investing in let's say uh, something called a top 100 fund mm. or a large cap fund or mm. a blue chip fund mm. then you know that you are investing in the top 100 companies yes. of the market right you know and that's thanks to sebi because they said okay large cap funds are the top 100 companies understood you know so they basically said uh, which part of the market are you investing in if you are investing in large size companies uh, and you know size is determined by market capitalization, capitalization right what we call as large caps mid caps sure. small caps sure so Sebi said, "If you are investing in the largest companies, uh, you know that's called large cap." So I think, if I'm not mistaken, this classification became necessary because there were mutual funds out there that were launching schemes that were not necessarily true to the objective that they had set for themselves, right? Right. So uh, I, you know, it's uh, true to label is one parameter that we do look at. Uh, Uh, it's it's actually a tricky uh, thing because it may not be intentionally uh, deceptive Understood. it may just be uh, it may just be that you have an objective but it's not in line with what the market is doing yeah. and it may be a little bit creative sure. and that may lead to confusion in the mind of the end investor okay. so it's just about making sure that there's greater transparency and uh less uh ambiguity less ambiguity exactly you know Understood. i think that's really the let's idea. talk about this you mentioned large caps and uh, that's you know the one broad classification that you have how many classifications are we talking about so we are talking about 10 mm-hmm. uh on the equity side and uh, so one way to classify these funds is basis what part of the market are they investing in mm-hmm. and by part i mean size of companies so sure. if you invest in the largest you're talking about large caps yeah. if you're investing in uh, the middle section which is the mid caps if you're investing in the smaller companies then it's the small, small caps, caps. Okay. if you're investing a little bit of uh, all three then it's a multi cap you know so one factor for determining where you're investing is basically the size so we've done four already so there's large caps mid caps small caps and multi caps which invest in a combination of the above three Correct. Right? right. So, what else is there? And we'll go into each of these and why you need them. Sure, sure. Uh, and then you have a separate category called large and mid cap. Okay. You know? uh, so there, uh, Sebi has uh, categorically said that you need to have at least thirty-five percent in large cap and thirty-five percent of the total assets in mid cap to qualify hmm. as a large and mid cap. You know, so because you had some funds. that were calling themselves large caps but they weren't investing in the top 100 they were probably investing in the top 150 okay. or top 200 right you know and because large cap definition changed from each fund house to fund house mm. each manufacturer uh, each asset management company had their own definition correct uh, and that's why it became uh, important for sebi to come out with this regulation additional classification exactly saying that you know this is a popular segment let's just call it large and mid cap because uh, some uh, investors are okay investing in the top 200 and not restrict the fund manager to invest only in the top 100 you know they want the uh, fund manager to have more choice yeah uh, and they don't want the fund manager to look at 
let's say small caps yeah. they want to have no exposure so large and mid cap became our so likely those companies that could in the future uh, in the next 5 years say uh, you know become as large as some of the uh, the nifty 50 companies today exactly you know, you know? so mid caps are the future uh, and that's why large and mid cap became uh, important so mid caps are defined as uh, those uh, funds uh, that invest in companies from who are ranked 101 to 250th Understood. in terms of size you know okay. so it's the top 100 then 101 to 250 and then the rest are 251 onwards as small, small caps. caps all right so that's in terms of the market capitalization there are other classification we've run through five now there are five more to talk about what's the sixth one okay so one is on obviously on the uh, on the on the size of the companies sure. the second is the uh the type of companies okay. so for example if you are looking at uh, high dividend yielding companies right okay. so there are stocks that have historically paid a high dividend yield a lot of your public sector utilities exactly yeah. exactly so dividend yield uh, is another strategy right sure. so it's an investment strategy so hmm. then the next factor to classify funds becomes investment strategy so in case in case gotham people are are, are unfamiliar with this uh, companies of course have a, a method of distributing profits which is through dividends and uh, while selecting stocks and i'm not talking about mutual fund schemes here uh, investors generally look at stocks that either give them phenomenal returns uh, which is profits that is plowed back into the business so the business grows and the stock price keeps rising so at some point in the future you can look at selling those shares and then yielding the benefits of holding that for a long term or you look at companies that regularly distribute uh their profits in the form of dividends right? yes exactly and uh, very well explained alex because that is really the difference between a dividend yielding and let's say a growth oriented yes, investment exactly. uh, you know so uh, a company focuses on whether rewarding the shareholder today or rewarding the shareholder over a period of time by sure. reinvesting the sure. uh, the money so yes fantastic so actually dividend yield is a strategy yeah. right similarly uh, betting uh, betting in situations or companies where no one else is looking at okay or finding companies that are undervalued mm. that becomes another opportunity that becomes another style of investing okay. because most funds invest uh, with the uh, style of growth at a reasonable price you All know right. so growth is the first word mm. that's the operative word yes. they're looking at companies that will deliver growth sure. and that they uh, that they are available today at are uh, not too expensive valuations mm. but then uh, there are other styles of investment uh, where you are looking at funds that take uh, where you look at funds that invest in companies that are completely out of favor okay right where you are investing in a contra view so if everyone is talking about consumption you go into something else like pharma okay. right so uh, contra view is uh, another category okay. uh, and then you have value so value and contra actually is clubbed under the same category because they are similar because value is also looking at funds uh, looking at stocks uh, funds that are looking at stocks that are not uh, uh, are not expensive right now mm. that show promise of growth and the market is kind of missing uh that promise and not valuing it correctly today so, so maybe relatively undervalued so maybe something that i looked at life insurance companies a while back before they you know gained significantly over the last 6 months yeah, maybe something yeah like sure that, you know yeah exactly so, so so identifying early perhaps trends yeah yeah identifying early uh, maybe even uh, you know out of favor 
maybe in the down market, uh, down cycle. So what according to you is the risk classification of value funds and contra funds? So all equity funds uh, have a risk classification of at least four. So they've provided a product label mechanism now, uh, the regulator. So all, almost all equity funds have a minimum risk classification of four out of a scale of uh, one to five. Right. And then you have, that's the introduction to the next category, which mm. is your thematic or sectoral funds, uh-huh. uh, which have a risk classification of five, okay. which, are, which has the highest uh, risk. Yeah. Uh, so these are, these are still diversified equity, but mm. the regulator says that if uh, it is focused on a particular sector or a particular theme, then it's not diversified enough. Okay. You may have 50 stocks in your portfolio, yeah. you know, but uh, because we are aligned to a particular theme or a sector, it's not diversified enough and hence it should carry the highest uh, risk rating. Because most companies in a particular sector are likely to be vulnerable to what Exactly. Each of they have peers. the sector risk. Right. You know, so. so so for example, a banking focused fund uh, would have the same vulnerability, say a non-performing assets across the board. Right? Precisely. Exactly. All right. So that's the that's a thematic or sectoral fund. There's also exactly. a focused fund. Yeah. So focused fund, uh, you know, a lot of uh, asset management companies started coming out with concentrated portfolios. Okay. Uh, so, because what happened was in response. Theoretically speaking, 19 to 21 is the ideal diversification list of stocks that you can have to build a well-diversified portfolio. Okay. But when you invest in uh, in a mutual fund, the number of stocks usually is upwards of 45, 50. Sure. In some cases, goes to 75, 80 as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that is over-diversification, mm. which is not... Uh, uh, which is not really helpful. Hmm. Uh, so uh, to counter that, a lot of uh, uh, fund houses started coming out with a focus fund strategy, right. which is basically a company that takes larger bets, more meaningful bets in a smaller uh, list of companies. Okay. So that list is usually 20, 20 to 30 stocks. Hmm. You know, that's usually the range in which they operate. So Understood. that is a separate category because again, it becomes a style of investment. Understood. So that becomes, uh, so one is obviously on the basis of where you're investing in terms of size. Hmm. And the second is how you're investing in terms of style. Sure. Uh, so this focus fund becomes uh, like a strategy. And the last one to talk about, I think Gotham is the most popular uh, because everyone wants to get into it, especially now, because we're about, uh, say, a few days away from giving your investment proofs and everyone wants to invest in equity linked savings schemes. right? Yes, yes. Um, a lot of people don't understand all of the aspects of ELSS. Uh, let's talk about this very quickly. Sure. So uh, ELSS is, uh, you know, it's always a little bit confusing. Yeah. Because equity linked savings scheme is actually an open-ended fund. Yes. Right. But you can't withdraw your money for the first three years. Correct. Right. So in that sense, it's a closed ended fund. Yeah. So that's why it's uh, a little bit confusing for the investor. So that's extremely important to know yeah. because I've seen some portfolios where the uh, customer has invested in an equity linked savings scheme, but in the dividend reinvestment option. Okay. Right. I don't even know how that fund had the dividend reinvestment option because that basically means that every three months or every six months, the dividend is announced. 
it is reinvested hmm. and that money is locked in for 3 years oh gosh so at the end of 3 years if he wanted to remove his entire investment he couldn't he can't and right. his investment of uh, 1.5 lakhs he withdrew 1.5 lakhs but then he had 1000 rupees and 500 rupees and 3000 rupees as dividend which was stuck wow you know and so he had to first you know gotham i have heard of people doing sips in equity linked saving schemes oh yes uh, which is not really the most ideal way to go about it actually actually i uh, disagree with you, you disagree? there yeah okay. because it's fantastic it's uh, you know it's so much more organized because see you know that you have to invest 1.5 lakhs right. right okay you've got your pf contribution so maybe you don't have to invest 1.5 you have to invest 1.2 for example okay. so you have to invest let's say 1.2 lakhs hmm. right so you scurry around and make sure you have enough liquidity in january or february <laughs> to meet the deadline or, or you, you just plan well in advance yeah you just start a sip of 10000 rupees a month right right and uh, in jan you can show your uh, sip which has been st- which you started in april and you know you look like uh, uh, this really good planner <laughs> I, I i guess it, it it depends on how how well organized exactly, you are exactly precisely uh, and if you've planned well enough in advance and yeah. if you've got enough set aside yes uh, you know and if the requirement for ulss is is not uh, you know a lack maybe right. if it's if it's less than a lakh then then perhaps you can you can manage quite easily in fact yeah the kind if you do a sip it kind of enforces instills a discipline sure. rather than just looking at your bank balance in january and trying to figure out how much you can invest to uh, claim you, tax. but you shouldn't you shouldn't be investing in january to save tax anyway you should be investing at the start of the year yeah either you invest in the start or through the year you know yeah. dip, uh, so it's like paying your credit card bill right because anyway this money will come back <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well we've talked about elss but i, I want to talk about your picks now and and we briefly spoken about uh, the use cases for each of these uh, very quickly let's talk about large cap mid cap small cap and multi cap we didn't go into the details of that sure why would you use uh, each of these in what situations okay so uh, if you're just starting out um, as an investor uh, my recommendation would be uh, to look at a multi cap Uh, space sure. because you are giving enough flexibility to the fund manager to deliver right if you are a young investor yes especially if you are a young investor uh, multi cap makes sense because multi cap obviously has exposure to smaller companies sure. which are riskier hmm. uh, today in current market environment uh, in fact there is the opinion is kind of unanimous in terms of uh, telling clients to look at increasing allocation towards mid and small caps hmm. uh which uh, basically uh, you know so if you're a, if you're just starting out i think it makes sense to invest in multi caps because you are getting that mid and small cap exposure i think uh, the thesis them. is very simple uh, gautam it's that you have the equity benchmarks which is the nifty and the sensex at lifetime highs near and you have the mid cap index and the small cap index that are 20% or 22% and maybe uh, over 35% off their lifetime highs so you have a significant gap in that sense right exactly but that gap you know there is a camp in the market that can explain that gap really well okay and uh, they say that it that gap will continue to exist and in fact grow okay and uh, they blame the largest pension funds and the largest foreign institutional investors for that because all the big money is going into 
to the blue chip stocks. Oh, so right? there's a counter theory. There's a counter theory to okay. it as well. So okay. because every time in the market, if you're buying, someone is selling it. Understood. Every time you're selling, someone at the other end is buying. So, so okay, going back yeah. to uh, why you would use so multi cap, you're saying is somebody who is getting into the market is a young investor has time. Uh, exactly. What else? So, so a large if, large yeah. cap. Why would you choose a large cap? So you would choose a large cap if you are uh, risk averse. and you you know you just want to dip your toes into equity for the first time sure. and uh, you just don't trust <laughs> you just you just don't trust uh, any of the mid or the small companies in terms sure. of the way they run corporate mm. governance uh, you know you can blame the government if you if you have a extremely cynical view and if you uh, don't have a very high risk appetite mm. then it's better to stick to the largest companies mm. um, you know uh, because they stood the test of time yeah. and Uh, they may not give you fantastic returns hmm. uh, immediately hmm. uh, they they may take a little bit longer to give you uh, if you have low return expectations then they're perfect you know i mean uh, some people are very happy earning 7 8% net of uh, tax some people are uh, won't look at anything below 15% sure. you know so it depends on your mindset and large cap funds are an integral component of everyone's portfolio so you must invest yeah. you should have an allocation Correct. there definitely so and then mid cap and small cap we've already taken our viewers through why they should consider yes. looking yeah. at it right if you have a long term particularly long term uh, objective and if you have the risk appetite you must because obviously mid cap and small cap is higher risk yes definitely yeah. so uh, if you want a smoother ride uh in your valuation you sleep better at night then obviously uh, have a more bias investment towards large cap so let's take our listeners through uh, your recommendations just uh, to maybe get them thinking about where to put their money uh, let's talk about large caps first and, sure. and i i believe you have five recommendations in each category yes so usually we have about five but uh, for the more popular categories we have six or seven and mm-hmm. for the i would say less popular categories we have 3 or 4 okay. and this is what we call as funds we like sure. and this is by our research team which is which works independent uh, of us uh, and you know they have their own process sure uh, so you could look at from the large cap space uh, funds from uh, access mere uh, nippon which earlier was reliance sure. uh, icic pro kotak uh even hdfc and uti okay so these are the some of the fund houses on the large cap space that uh, you know we are looking at uh, and we are telling our clients to invest in you mentioned multi cap is something that uh, uh, you know a young investor new investor should consider looking at what are your topics there so multi cap you have some really popular funds for example you have funds from hdfc nippon uh, aditya billa sun life and ipro uh, then you have other funds which are uh, also there like from principal from sbi kotak and canara beko okay so you have uh, some very large funds and some mid size funds mm. uh, there you know just in terms of their aum it's reasonably easy dear listener to find the fund that uh, gotham is talking about um, the sebi classification requires them to use certain keywords to identify the type of fund so if you are looking for a large cap fund you would essentially see a large cap in the header or you would see blue chip or something like yeah, that uh, like a top 100 yeah. exactly so let's talk about uh, your recommendations for large and mid cap now sure so on a large and mid cap space uh, you know you could look at funds from invesco sundaram kotak dsp sbi idfc ipro or uh, principal 
So okay. these are these are places where we are looking at uh, recommendation right now. Okay, you want to take us through your top picks or your top categories and and your recommendations instead of running through the entire list. uh what i would say is it completely depends on uh, you know where you are in the market sure. so for example someone like me uh, i love value okay uh, and that's why i always focus on value style of investing uh, i intrinsically get it i understand it and uh, you know it just gives me a thrill to be uh, looking at companies or investing places where no one else is looking it kind of makes me feel exotic mm. so i think there is this psychological problem that i have <laughs> that uh, takes me towards value okay. but uh, most people uh, should stick to a well diversified portfolio sure. uh, they should uh, steer clear if they are uh, let's say not very experienced or knowledgeable in investing to steer clear of sectoral and thematic bets mm. because they are definitely riskier mm. uh, no matter how uh, diversified they are sure. they should look at large cap definitely mm. and then look at a more diversified approach to investing in large caps which is the large and mid cap mm. and the multi cap space mm. and that's really where you build and you know don't look at one fund but don't look at 20 Yeah, you know, you need maybe seven uh, to eight funds uh, to kind of build a well diversified portfolio. Mm. I would not recommend you taking on more than uh, that number. Mm. You could go on the higher side to ten, twelve, but definitely not more than that because then you just get confused, and then it kind of ends up uh, you set up um, you set up yourself for failure two, three years down the line when you forget why you invested in these funds in the first place. Sure, and and also there's also. Um, Sure, and there's also likely to be replication if you're if you're buying ten funds. There's a situation where three Absolutely. funds might have the same, and so therefore you're paying unnecessarily. Uh, you, I mean, you're putting in ten lakhs in one fund or ten lakhs in five funds. You're paying sure. the same amount, yeah. right? Um, more depends. or less. Yeah. yeah, more or less. I mean, depending on the size yeah. of the fund. But uh, the the real the, the real problem that I see in most investors is when you have too many funds, you get confused yourself. Yeah. you know and uh, then you're not able to take clear decisions hmm. so if you have two funds or three funds for your large cap allocation i think that's more than enough you don't sure. need more than that you know okay. uh, i'm i'm quite comfortable personally to invest just uh, uh, you know having allocation to just one fund across categories hmm. and cover maybe five or six categories in my portfolio for all my listeners who are uh, scrambling right now uh to cover their bases in terms of their tax investments uh, would you be able to give us uh, your recommendations for ELSS yeah sure sure uh for ELSS definitely so you could uh, look at uh, funds from mere uh, access investco aditya billa sun life kotak bnp pariba uh, dsp uh, ipro so okay. these are uh, basically funds from uh, funds that we like and okay. th- these are the ones that we are telling our clients to look at right now all right so i think that broadly covers uh, this conversation that we've had on which equity mutual fund scheme to go for uh, the various classifications and of course uh, some of the recommendations that gotham has uh, within a couple of these categories it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to gotham on this topic thank you alex thanks for having me here and it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you as well dear listener thank you so much for joining in on this bq big decisions conversation if you'd like to hear more in this space you can check out our playlist on any one of our podcast applications or you can go to the website and search for bq big decisions that's all for this podcast but watch the space for more 
This is Alex Matthew signing off. Have a great weekend. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is Dead hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Janice, what do you think couples did before TV was invented? I don't know, go for walks on the beach, long drives, fancy dinners, have more sex maybe? But what did we do when we decided to move in together? We debated between the Chromecast and the Fire Stick. We gave up on sleeping early so we could stay up watching true crime shows. We got ourselves three cat babies and basically became the cutest couch potatoes around. Okay then. <laughs> in case you guys still haven't got it, we are a TV crazy Netflix loving binge watching Mr and Mrs. I'm Anirudh Kuha. I'm Janice Quera. And if like us you snort TV for breakfast, lunch and dinner, this is the podcast for you. Tune in every Thursday on the IVM podcast app or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. This is Mr and Mrs Binge Watch. Filter coffee is a fascinating beverage. You need to pick the right beans, blend them in the right proportion, roast them to perfection, and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup. Which is exactly like great conversations as well. You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone, and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. And coffee for me is always, always, always best enjoyed with friends. I'm Karthik Nagarajan, and do share my table. as i meet some of the most interesting people i know and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation join me every wednesday for a freshly brewed episode this is not frappe this is the filter coffee podcast